Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good buddies Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. These gents debate and deliberate the most ubiquitous aspects of a variety of topics. And this time around, we're doing the Mount Rushmore of epic comeuppances. Uh, there have been some items in the news lately uh, about uh, persons or entities um, that have had uh, uh, their petards uh, hoisted upon they, them. They, yeah, they have been hoisted upon said petards. Um, and, uh, you know, all political stuff aside, because we never uh, delve into our political opinions here on Rushmore, um, it's fucking awesome to see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, maybe it'll start a trend. But uh, I thought it'd be fun to discuss this and maybe discuss, celebrate this, sure. uh, and maybe the gentlemen think the same. So um, why don't we just jump into it? Uh, uh, who wants to go first, Michael? I would love to go first. Okay. I love this category, by the way. I I love as soon as um, I finally read the things that you wrote to me versus ignoring them for two and a half weeks. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, this would be great. Oh, awesome! But comeuppance, what a great what a great feeling to see uh, someone um, you know just get theirs. The karma wheel kind of comes. Ah, oh, just love it. And my my first choice. Richard, I hope it's, I hope it, if not on your list, I hope you appreciate it. 2014, Brazil, host country. Oh, that's a good one. Of the oh. uh, World Cup getting throttled seven to one by Germany in, in the semifinal <laughs> matches. Just, if there was only a German word for enjoying someone's. <laughs> if only the Germans. If only the Germans could have a very specific thing. <laughs> Ah, well, maybe there's maybe there's a Portuguese version of uh, Schadenfreude, but boy, I, what's amazing about it is like you know Brazil has been, I mean, not that Germany hasn't been like a, a, a soccer powerhouse too in their own way over many decades, but like Brazil just in particular, just like very arrogant in their soccer Brazilianess, um, you know. They trot out Blanca onto the field and he electrifies, electrifies everybody. And then um, I think Pele, com Pele comes out to sell his Crestfield wax paper. <laughs> but just for them to get beaten so handedly and so quickly, I was reading that they scored five goals on him in like the first six minutes of play. And can imagine, just I, to have this entire country just get defeated by one other country in a non-violent way is uh, just amazing. Just amazing to me. And to be, to have it done in their, in their own face, in their you know own, what's, in their own home. Yeah. What's interesting is the amount to which, uh, the extent to which big uh, global sporting events are kind of our new uh, wars, <laughs> mm. like a, a way that one country will show its uh, might against another. And so to have that happen, it almost seems like uh uh, uh, a battle <laughs> has been won. Do you feel like anybody ever thinks they deserve it? Does any anybody? I remember once there was once during a kickball game that our team was kind of trouncing another, and we were getting to the point of a little bit point of kind of arrogance. Sure. Um, and they, they should have mercy ruled and should have this, should have that. And at one point, the opposing team's coach said something like, "That's enough." 
that's that's enough. And then I remember turning to another player and going, yeah, we were dicks. We <laughs> we 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 should have. There was always there was always a feeling of how do you play this game where you're clearly better than the other team, but you don't want to feel like you are um, pandering or pandering is a good yeah. word because uh, they're giving your best effort. You want your players to give their best effort. But then there's at some point when uh, you just decide to change the strategy a little bit. Don't, you know, try to kick the ball hard that might create more outs. But that doesn't mean that you're not trying to get on base or trying to do yeah. these things. And there was never a good solution. Yeah. There was never something that was um, like, uh, well, this is the way to go about it. Because mm -hmm. you ultimately would have someone on your own team who just wouldn't listen to anything that you'd suggest anyway. And then they'd be a dick and you'd be like, yeah. God damn it. I'm sorry, Michael. Yes. <laughs> well, to that end, I guess I wonder, um, I, I like my justice served <laughs> in a way in which the person maybe has a moment of realization in which the mm. hubris has, uh, um, the, the, the petard has been, <laughs> they have been hoisted. But uh, I think most people really always believe themselves to be the underdog. Brazil still thinks it's the underdog, <laughs> the victim. Maybe not. I don't know. Richard, they also, you... um, they also uh, lost three nothing to the Netherlands in the third place game afterwards. So oh, it just got heaped. It just got heaped on even more. Wow, wow. Manfredi, what do you got? All right, my first choice is uh, Baltimore Orioles slugger Rafael Palmero. Okay. Who got three thousand base hits, uh, which is a giant baseball milestone. It was something like, I could look this up real quick, like the 14th player in baseball history or something like that to get 500 home runs. And uh, actually, not even that. It was one of the, at the time, five players to get 3,000 hits and 500 home runs in his career. A surefire Hall of Famer. And then 10 days later, tested positive for steroids. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which only made it, which was only made it more satisfying for some. Uh, was when he was called up to Congress during the congressional hearings about steroids. And couldn't fit through the door. Yeah. His giant head got stuck. Yes. <laughs> no, this was, this happened earlier in the season before he hit the home, before he got all the records and before he got suspended. This was back in March. He went to Congress and he's pointing his finger and he's, let me start by telling you this. I have never used stero steroids. Period. I don't know how to say it any more clearly than that. Never. And then, like six months later, he's suspended for steroid use. Wow. And I could have I could have selected any number of the steroid users, uh, of the prominent steroid users in baseball of that era, whether it's your Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire in the same um, uh, congressional hearing, repeating over and over. I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm here to talk about the future. When asked if he had ever used steroids or anything to do with steroids, he just kept repeating that over and over and over again. <laughs> what did um, he think that was going to accomplish? <laughs> well, you know, it, 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 somehow some lawyer had given them him that phrase, obviously, <laughs> and he was in his steroid-addled mind. I don't know what steroids do to your brain, but I think I don't think adding intelligence points to it is one of them. Um, somehow he managed to just get that stuck and just think, oh, 
say it again. Do, 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 yeah. do, do. But the Raphael Palmiero, Palmiero one wound up becoming sort of the the gold standard for Schadenfreude mm-hmm. during the steroids era because he was just very much like I never did steroids and I don't approve of people who do it. And then like six months later, 10 days after his crowning achievement as a player, Bing gets popped for it. Does that, uh, does, I mean, they take it away. They take, take away, away what? That record or that. Well, he's still got the record, but he's, he's, uh, tarnished, 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 tarnished. He's only ever the most, the most, uh, votes he ever received in the hall of fame balloting was 11%, um, which is not even near close enough to get into the hall of fame. And he would have been an absolute surefire, 100% first ballot hall of famer without the steroid allegations. Wow. So it basically ruined his reputation. Uh-huh. And I think that, I think that people, people remember it with a little bit of glee mm-hmm. because of the way he was so righteous and angry about denying versus Mark McGuire, who was just trying to get out of there as quickly as possible. And later came back and admitted, yeah, I did take steroids. Rafael Palmero to this day still is very insistent that he never did steroids. And he must have taken, there must have been a, a tainted supplement that he took from one of his teammates. Uh, and it's just like, dude, you got caught. Yeah. Stone up to it. Everyone's doing, 90% of baseball were doing steroids back in the in, in that era, the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, just admit it, own it move on with your life yeah. but he's just not capable of doing that it wasn't the the offense itself it was the indignance when it was too thinking two wrongs will make this right and that I, my bluster yeah yeah i think that's i think that's where baseball fans kind of looked at him and went we're glad you're getting what you deserve yeah yeah what uh, um okay uh winfield what's your second one my second choice is the uh, ultimate comeuppance that Randolph and Mortimer Duke uh, suffer <laughs> at the hands of uh, oh. Billy Ray Valentine and Louis Winthrop III uh, in the movie Trading Places uh, for their uh, ridiculous frozen concentrated orange juice uh, yeah. scheme that I'm still still not quite sure how it works. I don't know what I don't know what they were. They were like buying futures. This is like, I need you, Jeff, to explain it to me the same way that you like close your eyes and explain Bitcoin and um, (laughs) and crypto sometimes to me. Because sometimes you go into like this fugue state where you just uh... know exactly, you've heard it in some ways, you've researched it enough. I don't know what the scheme is. It's some seemingly like shorting the payment and buying it on futures. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they switched a report. A gorilla costume was involved, uh, as well as some other kind of. Racist I think stuff. Jamie Lee Curtis's boobs were involved at some point, which very much so. Heavily involved, yeah, heavy and heavily involved. He erased um, any of my understanding of oranges. But, I understood uh, oranges. Yeah, yeah. What I what I love about the end scene of the movie is, n- besides not understanding exactly what was going on, but there's like this moment where there's just like both sides are like. Uh, have their arms crossed and they're like smugly smiling. The Duke mm-hmm. brothers are, have this huge smile because they think they've got this report. They think they have the upper hand and the other two ding-dongs know that they don't or they have a fake one. And yeah. they're, 
they're like they they're just like we're ruined. Turn the machines back on. Ah. <laughs> to screw on these two guys' machines. life. Yeah. Turn on those machines. Get it back rolling. It's just great. <laughs> the one guy falls down like uh, clutching his heart, and he's like, "Get up!" Yeah, pulls uh, pulls the full Fred Sanford. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I love it when somebody falls down during a comeuppance. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> this is not a come down. It's it's a comeuppance. <laughs> you fell down. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, so y- that's a non-sports and a non-real one. Okay. That's that's cool. I mean, a, a fictional one. Yeah. Uh, what do you got, uh, Richard, for your second one? All right, all mine are real ones, by the way, because I, okay, I, okay. I wish I would have thought of it. It's a real movie, yeah, yeah. It is a real movie, and yeah. I believe it's based on actual events. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's the based gr- off a true true story. So the great citrus shortage of, of, of 1981. Yeah, yeah. Um, my second one is Bill Cosby. Oh, wow. mm. when you put the pills in the thing, and then you do <laughs> the thing. <laughs> and I think the comeuppance factor here was that Bill Cosby held himself up. And he wasn't just a comedian. He wasn't just an actor. He was someone who held himself up as a moral shining light. Especially as he felt thought of himself as, I think especially within the black community, as someone who is speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people, it felt like that he was, he would talk down to them about, uh, you know, crime and the way the kids are today and the way kids should be acting and just, you know, the, the whole, the whole package. And I think the, he even made a, a statement at some point, you know, even talking about, you know, you know, kids wearing their, their clothes, their pants too low and having no manners and they're all going to wind up in jail. Well, <laughs> well, let's see who's the one who wound up in jail after all, Mr. Cosby. Yeah. I mean, I think it was more than just a fall, just your standard fall from grace. I think the fact that he portrayed himself as this kind of uh, head of morality, mm-hmm. this sort of like a shining light for morality, mm-hmm. kind of made it so that whenever... And, and and all of that the the kind of you know sexual assault stuff had been talked you know, talked about in in kind of hushed circles for a long time, but when it really came out publicly, I think it made a lot of people go, "Oh, look, a hypocrite." Yeah, he's not just a sexual assault, you know, a, a rapist or you know anything like that. He's a hypocrite, mm-hmm. and and for a lot of people, I hate to say it, that's just as bad. Mm-hmm. I I think the person really rubbing their hands with glee was Bart Simpson. Sure, <laughs> and he certainly won the uh, uh, the parental figure versus the yeah uh, you know don't have a cow man bad influence kid from. I recall that being such a heavily like uh, you know what this this person is a shining example of a great family on their sitcom. And this person is a shining example of such a, a poor family, not uh, financially, but just like a poorly run family with no family values. And one's outlasted the other. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
also, I think anyone who's involved with any sitcom that ran on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. on a network other than NBC during the 80s probably rubbed their hands with glee because that's the bastard that got their show canceled after like five episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Right. I mean, basically, you had no chance if you had a TV show that was going up against the Cosby show. So I imagine that there are tons of ex-sitcom stars who just slept a little bit easier after all of this came out. Who was it? uh, I think Eddie Murphy was talking about Cosby, you know, criticizing him because of his use of profanity. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, Murphy... Cosby was Murphy's hero, you know, or Pryor was too, but I think like a hero of his. And so to have that kind of critique and then to see that this person is clearly not beyond reproach. Um, I, I, you know, in that case also, it's kind of a really not bittersweet, but for, for many people, the, the, for, I, I think I've heard in regards to that discussion, like what, what do we do with these, monsters (laughs) monsters <laughs> who uh become our um, um um supreme court justices or presidents or right uh, f- film studio heads or oscar winners or th- uh heads uh, theological leaders and things like that and and w- what do we do with the light that they shined so brightly that guided so many people then we realize how fractured that light was and how yeah, how now whatever guidance we've gotten seems almost seems really kind of uh, sullied by by that. You know, Cosby was such a accepted so uh, broadly in white America across color lines and things like that. That that uh, from a representation standpoint, you know, there's so many people who looked up to him as somebody who can cut through the conversation of, of race and cut through all these yeah cross so many barriers let's talk about crossing over and then to have him fall so hard and then get acquitted he's not in jail anymore is he no 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 but he did have to spend enough time in jail that i, yeah. I at least can feel like some ju- some small level if not at yeah. an appropriate level of justice was served yeah absolutely well halftime is served Oh, and, uh, it's a it's a dish best served cold, I believe. Di- oh, okay, all right. How, here's some freezing cold halftime for you, and uh, well, cold. Nothing's cold out on the Mount Rushmore uh, podcast uh, dot com website. There's so many. Hot oh, we got our hot takes. Yeah, hot takes. <laughs> hot takes. Uh, spam and spam cakes out there. Go out there to. There's no way you can catch any kind of virus from the Mount Rushmore podcast site oh. we're catching all the viruses we're catching all you. of them for you and containing them within our url Download. it's like it's like an it's like a ghostbusters containment unit for yeah. spam yeah it totally is um yeah don't don't cross the streams and uh don't uh don't miss out on all you can go uh seek seek out and get but you know then also go to uh uh podcast uh, listener thingy of your choice and download review past episodes we would love it even if you were to think of if you became so inspired to think of a topic to submit that topic to us we would love uh, to hear your suggestions past submitters suggestors have become uh, recording people we 
guests on the podcast, and it was a lot of fun. So we'd love to get you on this podcast, too. You don't have to, but it'd be fun. And Winfield's going to let us know his third one. I got three words for you. Big, bad wolf. Now let me tell you about this guy. (laughs) This guy just goes around eating whoever he wants, whenever he wants, (laughs) at any time. He doesn't care what kind of house you live in. Nope. I don't know, Jeff. You moved into a house recently. Straw. It's a house made, made out, out of straw. straw. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I got bad news. <laughs> I got bad news for you. I hear puffing, but is there puffing? <laughs> Do I also hear huffing? <laughs> I know I know. there's a, a, a airplane glue addict around here somewhere. <laughs> uh, I love the story of the big bad wolf. It's one of the strange ones that my son also... Uh, has such an affinity towards uh, he loves it in all forms whether it's a uh, 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 merry melodies or silly symphonies version or if it's like uh, I don't know there's some really creepy versions of of the yeah. big bad wolf and the three little pigs um, where this wolf gets absolutely demolished at the end in some of these you know <laughs> sometimes he goes down a chimney and he burns his bottom and he runs away yeah. yelping scraping his ass along the ground it's fun sometimes he goes into like a boiling pot of turpentine and he gets boiled alive and eaten by the pig at the end wow either way this wolf this wolf had it coming the entire time knocking people's houses down made out of sticks yeah made out of straw good riddance (laughs) uh do you feel like it's the same wolf in Little Red Riding Hood? Like it's the same guy. Hmm. Well, no, he got hacked open by a huntsman. Yeah, and then they they pulled the uh, the grandma out sometimes. The woodsman, yeah, yeah. The woodsman, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I bet they're. I bet they know each other though. I bet that they're like fine with like swapping the swapping names. Yeah, it's like on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. <laughs> I'll be the one that goes after the pig and uh-huh. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you go after grandma and little red riding hood. And then, you know, Sunday we're going to rest. Yeah. They fill in for each other on, on like day. I mean, they, another one needs like a vacation day. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of PTO. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the wolf calendar is, you know, were, were the pigs assholes though? Like didn't the pigs kind of like, sing and dance and say who's afraid who cares like in some versions yes you know there uh there was a neglect of their duties to build a house a proper house or to build one to to make one sturdy enough definitely there is a morality involved of doing something the right way and if you don't the big bad wolf is going to come get you um but i don't know if they were necessarily inviting it sure hey i mean Who's, who are we to say what one should make their house out of? Yeah. Maybe, you know, if you're living in a dangerous environment, maybe build a little bit stronger next time. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I'm really hedging my um my big bad wolf. Maybe he yeah. maybe he wasn't the right to eat a couple of pigs. <laughs> like you haven't eaten some pigs in your day, Michael. That's true. I've seen you eat pepperoni pizza. But I haven't like knocked down their house to get to them. Yeah. I feel like his thing was he just assumed he like the um, hair from the tortoise and the hare. Mm. He assumed, I got this. I can, 
I can use my natural abilities to huff and puff and blow the house down. I'm not even going to worry about it. But he was wrong. He yeah, do more. Yeah. All right, uh, Man Freddy. Speaking of huffing and puffing, Jim oh. Baker. Oh, wow. Yeah. Of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker fame. Yeah. Uh, disgraced televangelist, because could there be any other kind? <laughs> yeah, there's very few graced <laughs> televangelists. There's Billy really Graham, that, and that's about it. That God comes down and goes, he's right. I said that. <laughs> Give him your money. He gives it to me. So Jim Baker, for those of you young, too young to remember, was the head of the PTL, Praise, Praise the Lord Club, which would run on uh, TV stations throughout the country and was essentially a, a Ponzi scheme. It was a way for Jim Baker himself to make money by get, by taking in donations. I don't believe he was one of the I don't believe that at any point he ever said he was going to be called home if he didn't receive a certain amount of cash. I think that was Oral Roberts, if oh, I remember wow. correctly. But Jim Baker, they were, it was like a nightly talk show that was all focused around, in, in theory, Christianity and religion. But more importantly, it was focused around Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and trying to get as much money from your grandmother as possible. Yeah. Um, eventually... Um, he was accused of sexual misconduct by a church secretary. Um, and then that led to allegations of misuse of ministry funds. And he wound up serving five years in jail for that. Um, the last time he's, he's now back into the public light. Uh, he has attempted to restart his uh, TV televangelism career. Um, he has been, promoting that the end of time to- end days are coming uh, and that when the end days come, you'll need to make sure that you're prepared for it. So he's got all of the survivalist like food, MREs supplies that he's been selling to his audience. Uh, these guys are just, it's like he, so this is an example of someone who got his come up and, and just didn't learn the lesson. Yeah. Got in trouble. He got in trouble a couple of years ago for selling, Colioid uh, silver supplements as a cure for for uh, COVID, and wound up getting sued by various attorneys general in different states for that. So it's just the guy doesn't get it. You think if anyone would have learned his lesson, it would be Jim Baker. Mm-hmm. Tammy Tammy Faye Baker appeared to have learned her lesson, or at least publicly did, and became this beloved gay icon somehow in a way that I'm still not a hundred percent sure how that actually happened but jim baker learned no lessons changed none of his uh his, his mo and is just back doing the same shit that he's, he did before true american wow god bless america do you think I, I okay so i feel like people like a comeback they like they like mm. to see somebody like martha stewart um insider trading and also you know this in un, unapproachable icon of perfection <laughs> you know right. and there was i think not that that was a, a crime to sell that idea to the world but it just seemed like she deserved it her her fall seemed like a little bit of a come up it's 
I think. Um, I think it did to some extent. Here's where I will differ from with you on this. I feel like that Martha Stewart, around the time when the insider trading thing happened, people were really already starting to get sick of her shit. Yeah. The perfectionist thing. And it's almost like being convicted of insider trading and having to go to a minimum security prison wound up making her seem less perfect. Oh, it's interesting. So more more likable, maybe. And and maybe more likable. The other the, the other prong of this was, of course, her friendship with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah. But I think you combine the two of them, and suddenly she's not this kind of prim, perfect figure on television and magazines. She seems more like a a, a normal person has foibles and makes mistakes and mm-hmm. goes to jail just like your uncle Jimmy did. You know. Yeah. Well, wait. Not your uncle Jimmy. I mean, a generic uncle Jimmy. Oh, I thought you said Jimmy Stewart went to jail. Oh, Uncle Jimmy. That was oh, you only... don't... That's the last one on my list of comeuppance, by the way. I should get into that. It's my four, that number was... four, Jimmy Stewart. That was in my It's a Wonderful Life fan fiction where Mr. Potter is... Hauled off. The townspeople don't actually raise enough money and he's hauled off in chains at the end of the movie. That's hilarious. Uh... Okay, okay. Um, uh, Winfield, what's the last one? And are you arrogantly going to predict that you are going to win this, Michael Winfield? Is that what you're saying? That you think... I stand here on Mount Pius, <laughs> looking down upon oh, boy. the little people. <laughs> I think it's going to be a big comeuppance here. Uh, <laughs> uh-oh. Yep. Um. I have another fictional one because um, I don't know. My head was, I, I wasn't thinking of real world comeuppances. I didn't want to think about the, the real horrible people that do these things like the Alex Joneses, as you mentioned. Leave, uh, leave that to me. That's what yeah. you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Let Richard swim. That's my wheelhouse. In that, sure. in that drivel. Uh, my uh, final choice is the uh, constant, uh, repetition of comeuppances that happened to Mr. Biff Tannen throughout the um, Back to the Future (laughs) series of movies where it doesn't matter what what life he lives, what age of the world he lives in, at some point he's going to get his. He's the biggest, awfulest bully. Uh, He gets it from a scrawny little um, not Marty McFly. Who's the other one? George. George McFly, thank you. Uh, he gets it from George. Uh, he gets it from Marty. He gets it from Marty again. Uh, huh. Just in any time, no matter how the old. Descendants get it from Marty. <laughs> and um, it just, it, it's great because I, in each, each version of him, he's like mo- even more disgusting. Like at first he starts out like your average bully, just this big kind of strong galoot who gets beat up by, you know, the kind of wimpy sci-fi nerd. And as a wimpy sci-fi nerd, I love it. I can see myself in it. Then he turns into this Donald Trump-like character where he gains all this power and fame and glory. And um, he still gets taken out by some kid with a flying car. And then he gets turned into like this, you know, um, mid-1800s gunfighter who's just, you know, gross and disgusting even he gets covered in horseshit and like each time it's just ah chef's kiss more and more beautiful to see like this guy (laughs) who has this inkling of power and it's like you know it's this bully power that's i think um 
the bully is such a easily root againstable type mm-hmm. person. Nobody likes the bully except the bully, and maybe even the the only people that pretend to like the bully are like the bully's toadies, and mm-hmm. even they will quickly abandon that person at a moment's notice and probably revel in their own comeuppance. But um, I don't know. I, I think it, he as a character going through time or existing in different times and always having like this similar kind of horrible archetype of being this bully that gets his is just, um, it's just great. Yeah. That's fun to think it's almost Sisyphean <laughs> or it's uh, mm. his, his fate is to, to continually like there's nothing he could do to alter that fate it's all it's all uh, pre-written and and inevitable (laughs) that's a fun choice i i have to say that um due to somebody i did not like loving the back to the future franchise i kind of turned away from it um and so i have to it's not it's not uh it's not the movie's fault so i i gotta revisit those um, and that's funny, that actor, too. What's I forget the act. Tom, Tom Wilson. Thomas Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, you know, he's not Shakespeare. I mean, wait, Shakespeare's a writer. Not, well, I guess he was an actor. He's not uh, like Jeremy Irons, but he played that part pretty <laughs> pretty well. You know? And by all accounts, a super guy, as most people who play villains are. Oh, yeah, decent decent dude. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, uh, Richard Manfredi, what's, what's the final... Yeah, All right, so you mentioned you, you mentioned Alex Jones, yeah, and uh, I, I think you mentioned him at the start. I know this that his name came up when we were first discussing doing this topic as kind of a raison d'etre to be doing this in the first place. So I take a nap this morning, this afternoon, after getting back from a trip to the Long Beach Aquarium, and as I'm getting read, literally as I'm like talking to my wife about the topics that we're doing for this week and my choices and we get to the Mount Rushmore of comeuppance. She, her immediate thought was she immediately bursts out with, Oh, you mean like Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago getting raided today? What? And I went, what? Excuse me. And so I haven't had a lot of time to digest this, but yes, as we are recording this on Tuesday or on Monday, April or April, Monday, August you'll, 8th, you'll get there. You'll I get will there. eventually get there. As we are recording this on Monday, August 8th, 2022, um, this, within a few hours of, of ago, yes, Trump uh, has, has, has had Mar-a-Lago raided, has had his safe gone through and rifled through looking for possible uh, secure documents that should have been uh, kept somewhere other than his safe in Mar-a-Lago. And I just... I'm just fascinated by we we are currently in the comeuppance of Donald Trump, and I hope it doesn't stop for a long, long time. I've been, we've been promised that for like three I know. years. I know, but it feels like it's actually like happening. Like today made me feel like, oh, they're actually serving warrants and they're actually raiding his estate. They're actually serious about this. There's someone out there who might actually do something. Yeah, I got I. Just that would be such a delight. That would be such a delight. And then would I always wonder would that mean just would it be weaponized martyrdom for him? Or would somehow <laughs> or or is the is there a dirty is there underwear so dirty that could be shown to his followers that they would even blanch at? Like who if people have excused 
the most horrid behavior from this person. Yeah. What, it could ever be <laughs> revealed. The one thing that I read earlier, the only way really to stop it is, is if he is convicted of removing these like top secret documents. Um, one of the fines or one of the punishments is they can't hold public office again. And I think ultimately that's what you're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. You're looking for, like mm. he's going to continue, like all like hucksters, he's going to continue to bilk stupid people out of their money. And he may still stay rich doing it and still maintain some aspect of political power in that realm until he can't be in office anymore. Like till it's the penalty, if it is ever applied, but who knows that he removed these documents. Um, that that's part of the legal code that this person couldn't run for or hold any public office, which yeah. um, I guess, I think that's the ultimate thing to hope for is all this other stuff. He can go back to being, a super gross C-list celebrity who lives in a weird place in Florida and uh, are you talking about Jeff or, or, or Trump? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm uh, I know, I know, I don't. <laughs> but you know, I think that's the ultimate hope. But I, I, you know, I feel very similar to you, Jeff. I remember a bunch of years ago when Trump was first in office and he fired James Comey, and I thought, oh, this is the end. He's been in oh, office yeah. for three months and this investigation is gone and he fired and then nothing happened. And then every time it feels like this guy just slips through the fingers of law and common sense and whatever. And, you know, not that he, you know, he got pretty close to winning, so to speak, a couple of years ago now. Sure. Uh, it wasn't like a landslide. It wasn't like 70% of Americans rejected him. It was like... 53% of 47%. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a 6% difference, but it's still pretty close. And I don't know. I hate to be a naysayer, but it just, I just, I'm vibing with you, Jeff. Like it feels like it feels really cool. Yeah. Man, I love watching this movie. Yeah. I want to see it to the end and I just walk out before, you know, I see the <laughs> leprechaun pogo stick the guy to death. I've realized in, in the process of this conversation that it that this puts me in an awkward situation where I'm wishing for the continued good health of Donald Trump. Hmm. Because I want to see him live long enough to get his comeuppance. Like the yeah. last thing I want is for him to die and then everyone to go, oh, well, you know, he's dead. Forget it. We don't need to continue looking into his finances and yeah. his handling of secure documents and all of this stuff. I want him to live a good long time so all of these investigations can reach their conclusion. Yeah. Like, the, like I don't know how this guy could have any more embarrassing stuff revealed. Like, anything that would, like, <laughs> I just don't know how. But, like, and I, I, think, I think what I realized is, unlike in the movies where you kill the lead vampire and all the other vampires die, that doesn't help. That doesn't happen with these people. They just, DeSantis just grows stronger, you know, when when Trump dies or whatever. So yeah, it would just be, I guess you keep waiting. You keep waiting for like Trump head stuck in toilet zoo, zoo at toilet. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that could be good. Yeah. (laughs) What else you got, you know? And, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Um, uh, 
what what I I guess what I think is interesting about it is my opinion on it. Whenever I see a meme of <laughs> Jake Josh Hawley running like a chicken, and all the liberals go ha 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 ha, that doesn't exist in Fox News land. They don't see that meme. They don't care. That doesn't hurt them. They don't. I, we see this, you know, this kind of come up in somewhat, and it just doesn't. It just it just doesn't go over into their world. Sadly. Um, that's depressing for me. Sorry, this became a very political uh, topic, and uh, I apologize. Oh, mostly my fault. Mostly my oh, fault. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. So right. blame me. So blame Biff me. And Biff Tannen, right? Big bad yeah. wolf. Yeah, all this political. Okay, well, let's do some picking. Uh, and uh, I was educated about Brazil and Rafael Palmeiro. That was a sports thing, and I didn't see that coming from you guys, and I really appreciate being educated. The ones that felt kind of visceral to me are the like the Kaz, um, yeah. for sure, and the trading places brought back uh, a lot of fun fun memories on that. So yeah, that's a great one. Those Michael. are the top four. Well done. And boobies, uh, Jamie the Curtis boobies. Okay, uh, this has been the Mount Rushmore of Jamie the Curtis boobies. I'm as always Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 